Hi, I'm Emily Williams, the founder of the top success and personal development company for driven women called I Heart My Life. I grew my company from $442 to seven figures in my first 18 months. And since then, it's become a movement for women who know they're meant for something big and refuse to settle. At I Heart My Life, we operate with the belief that anything is possible and no dream is too big. We're all about combining business strategy, deep mindset work, high performance practices, money tips, and a whole lot of lifestyle to help you get the results you deserve in all areas of life. Because after all, we only get this one shot. This is your one-stop shop for all things inspiration. So grab your favorite drink and a pen and a notebook and get ready to be inspired. Oh, and if you're not a member of our community, go to iheartmylife.com slash join and receive all of our emails and announcements. And while you're at it, copy and paste this episode link and share it with three friends. Now on to the episode. Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 236. Are you secretly addicted to stress with Devin Burke? So Devin is a certified health coach. He's also the founder of the Sleep Science Academy, and he's one of my husband's best friends. So over the years, I've seen him have his own ups and downs. But recently, when he visited us in Santa Barbara, I noticed that he was completely chill, totally present, and I knew that his business had really taken off in the past few years. So it was interesting to observe those things go hand in hand when most of us believe that we have to be stressed, we have to work really hard, we have to do all of the pushing and all the hustle in order to get results. Devin has been able to transform his mindset around that and also his body around all of that so that he can show up in a meditative state. He can be somebody who is present, who is able to live a life of freedom and also get big results in his life. So today, after observing him and my husband talk all about sleep, talk about stress, talk about vitamins and supplements for a whole week, yes, they totally geek out over that stuff, I wanted to have him on to just have an honest conversation about how he was able to shift out of the stressed state into what he calls more of a free state without all of the pressure or feeling like he was constantly behind. So today we're going to get really honest about how our body actually becomes addicted to stress. Yes, that's a real thing. And Devin's going to share how he shifted out of that. Now, it did take a few years for him to do that, but I don't want that to put you off. I don't want you to feel frustrated. There are literally things you can do right away that will support you in getting your body out of this fight or flight state and into more peace, more happiness, more joy, more presence, and less hustle and struggle. So let's do it. Welcome back to the show, Devin. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Me too. So last time you were here, James interviewed you and you guys spoke about sleep. Today, we want to take this in a bit of a different direction. And this really stems from me actually overhearing James talk to one of our clients about the fact that she was addicted to stress, addicted to adrenaline, and her cortisol levels were probably something she was you know, used to having really high, and that was also an addiction. And I was kind of listening in the other room, and I'd never heard it 
kind of described like that. And before we go into the conversation, I wanted to just say that you are also one of James's best friends. And so I've over, I've observed the two of you having conversations about this. And we thought it would be great just to bring it to the I Heart My Life show and support people who are experiencing this in life and business and also support them in shifting out of it. 100%. I'm, I'm happy to talk about this. I think it's very relevant and it's, it's um, interesting topic. I think it's, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to have this conversation with you, Emily, and, and your audience. So kind of lay the groundwork for us. What do we need to know about cortisol before we go into how the body gets addicted to stress and then obviously how we shift out of that? Yeah, so cortisol, a lot of times people think of cortisol as like a bad thing and too much of it absolutely is a bad thing. It is the stress hormone, but cortisol is necessary. It's actually, you know, it ebbs and flows throughout the day. So if you look at, you know, if you get a hormone test, let's say that everyone listening to this went and got a cortisol panel, which might be good to do if you think you're addicted to stress, um, you'll notice there's fluctuations throughout the day. It kind of looks like a roller coaster. But what can happen is that people, as you know, you, you mentioned, can get addicted to this cortisol because cortisol fuel it, it fuels it's sugar. It fuels sugar in our bodies and our brains, which gives us this burst of energy. And so, our cortisol levels are highest in the morning naturally because that pulls us out of sleep. But what can happen, and what does happen, is sometimes those cortisol levels don't dip; they just keep rising all the way to the end of the day. And then that's when people have issues with burnout, adrenal fatigue, as well as issues getting and staying asleep. And then that throws off all our hormones, our cortisol levels get all even more out of whack. And this vicious cycle goes on and on because now we're um, looking for coffee, which then is like dumping gasoline on an already hot fire. Um, and then this is how this, this sort of addiction to stress hormones happens. But cortisol is not the bad hormone. It's like we need cortisol. It has its function. It's just when it's dysregulated, which happens from too much stress and from this sort of uh, addiction to stress, that's when it can become a problem. Okay. And so what do you think people are getting from their stress? Because we must be getting something if we're using that to fuel us or motivate us. Great question. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a source of fuel. It's just like anything else. It's just like caffeine, like adrenaline. I mean, it's, it's a source, something that gives us energy. Like people get addicted to caffeine, right? It's the same thing with stress hormones. You can get, you, we get addicted and rely on these things that give us energy, that help us, that narrow our focus. And so essentially that's what happens. It, it, it can become a sort of tool that people continually use to narrow their focus to get things done. But then what happens is if that narrowing doesn't widen, meaning you don't shift back to that parasympathetic automatic rest response, then that's when we, we, we burn out, um, which is so common today because you know a lot of people are addicted to their stress hormones. It's like, I like to give the analogy, it's like a light switch and we forgot how to flip the switch to the off position. It's like kind of stuck in between for most people. And it's this low level body buzz. And it's like, it fuels you. It, it allows you to get things done. And that's where this addiction or addict, you want to call it addiction, of relying on stress hormones to fuel you, to be productive, to produce. That's, that's how it happens. Yeah. And I think there's a mental 
issue here too, because a lot of people think that unless they're stressed, they're not working hard enough, they're not getting enough done, they're not going to be successful. And I know for me, I've often had this fear around, well, if I do things in a calm manner, or if I move through my life, just like, so peacefully, is that really true drive? Am I actually mm. going to achieve what I want to achieve? And so there's this, this shift that needs to happen. And I'll, you know, put my hand up for this as well, where we see that there's a different way and there's a better way. And we start to convince ourselves that it's actually the opposite in that we'll get more done and we'll achieve more if we don't rely on the stress hormones. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a mental shift. Uh, actually, so quick story. I, at one point in my life was addicted to stress hormones. It was in college. I was running a personal training business. I was getting my bachelor's degree in exercise science. And I always had this underlying feeling that I was behind. And I feel like when I talk to a lot of high performers, friends, family members, people that run businesses, companies, it's, that's like a common theme with people that I notice that use their cortisol and adrenaline for fuel. It's this sense of never being caught in, caught up. And for me, that was the feeling that I had. And what I, what kind of helped me shift out of that and kind of operate more from a, a relaxed state, um, was realizing that you're, you're always going to be behind. There's always going to be this next level and this next thing, right? So it's like this next thing that goes on where it's like next, next, next. And it's so easy to get caught in that. Because it feels good to accomplish things. It feels good to move your life forward. It feels good to see results. Um, but that becomes part of the addiction, I think, as well. And for me, I realized that actually doing nothing is doing something. Like I had this feeling that I always had to be doing something. If I wasn't doing something, I was behind. And I realized also that I had this map of the world. I was trying to match my map of the world to the map in my mind. And when there's a mis mismatch of these maps, it creates stress. And so for me, I was like, well, I can try to change the world, which is a noble thing, but it creates a lot of stress or I can change my idea of the map of how I'm mapping on top of my world. And that really helped me personally be able to shift into this place of, okay, you can achieve and you can also rest. Uh, and you can, you know, there's, there's a time for this push go. And then there's a time to like, bring it all the way back to first gear, totally check out and allow the body to recover. And it's, I think the, the underlying fear is, is just being behind. And so that's a, like a mindset shift. It's like, well, you're never really behind. Like there is, there's, because the future, we don't know what the future is. And we can't change the past. So like going back to like Eckhart Tolle and all the prep, it really is like reality is right now. And connecting more to that, I think, allows the body just to, to get into a relaxed state more often. Yeah. And I can definitely attest to the work that you've done on yourself. I mean, I didn't know you back when you were in college, but even experiencing you when you came to visit us in Santa Barbara, you know, I'm very much like, go, go, go. As you mentioned to me, I always have a, like a big project on my plate every time you see me. 
And I noticed that you are very relaxed and yet you do have a lot of things going on in your business. Your company is really successful. Like you've obviously been able to reach some incredible goals, but you do have a very like relaxed and peaceful presence to you. So I'm curious to know what sort of tangible things that did you do besides, you know, realizing that you can only, you know, change yourself and, and focusing on that. What did you do tangibly speaking to shift? the way that you looked at this? Yeah, a couple of things. One thing that has been absolutely transformational in my own life is the practice of mindfulness. So I've been, I've been since I've met you, Emily and James, which has been many years now, um, I've been consistent with a practice of meditation. That it's meditation is one of those things. It's, it compounds over time. And a lot of times I used to think like, oh, I, I can't meditate. I don't have time for meditation. I'm bad at meditation. I'm not doing this right. I had all these stories around it. And I tried all these different teachers and all these different styles. And I found a teacher and a style that worked for me and I stuck with it. And that has changed my life, literally. I mean, it's because it, it allows you to create space in your mind. It allows you to see... Um, see the craziness that happens in our mind and gain perspective. And it's just, it compounds. So like mindfulness, having a, a consistent mindfulness practice has, I can say has been one of the cornerstones for which allows me to stay relaxed and accomplish things. Um, and what does and, that look like? Does that look like 20 minutes a day or is every day different? Can you tell us more? Yeah. So, so 20 minutes a day. And so I use uh, Sam Harris's waking up app. That is, I, I find that his app, his, his voice, his style of teaching, it's in the Dzogchen, uh, Zen sort of style. It just works for me. Now, does it work for everyone? No. And there's a ton of meditation teachers and a ton of different apps and styles out there. And it's like anything like exercise. There's a lot of different ways to move our bodies and get fit. You just have to try different things on until you find that thing that sort of resonates with you. And when you find it, you got to stick with it because it's like, Going to the mental gym is, and you, I mean, so many people talk about meditation. So many people talk about the benefits. I think until you really have the experience of over time, what a consistent practice does in your life, it's kind of easy to dismiss it. Um, cause it's like, that's 20 minutes. You could be doing something else. You could be working on your business. You could be moving your body. You could be, you know, doing anything. Um, but choosing to create the space to sit down and literally drop everything is, is a bold statement to your subconscious mind that, Hey, number one, this is important. And two, like, this is my time to train. And that's, that's how I view it. I view it as training. Um, and so did your mind yeah. try and fight you at first? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and it still does. Like there's days that I sit on my cushion where like, I have so much resistance around it. And I, and I, and I hear like so many more thoughts. It's like the monkey mind. It's like screaming, like, get up, you got to do this. What are you doing? Like, you're, you know, you all these things. It's like, okay, there it is. I, I hear you. I allow that to be there. I don't make it wrong. I just practice acceptance, um, connect to my breath. And, and, and on those days, those are the days where I feel like I've accomplished the most because I was able to sit in the fire versus like get up and just start doing, which is what I do all day. Um, so, so yeah, so that would be one thing that I think was, was really powerful and transformational. Another thing, this is going to sound a little crazy to some people, but actually, um, microdosing psilocybin 
and it's not legal. So, um, but having using um, a plant-based medicine like psilocybin in small amounts of doses can help retrain your vagal tonnage. It can help train that nervous system to relax. Um, and done in the proper way with the proper intention, it can be a transformational medicine and not a drug, not using it to get high not like taking massive, you know, dosage to see crazy things, um, using it as a medicine over a couple of weeks and then taking a break for a couple of months and then maybe introducing it back again in the right ways. Powerful, powerful for, for allowing the body to remember how to relax. Cause that's really what it is. Our bodies know how to relax, but they forget because we get so caught up in the doing that we forget about being. And so using that as a medicine to help connect to being very powerful. And so I don't know if it's, if you're comfortable, but I'd love to know more about that. So you said using it over the span of a couple of weeks in small doses. Can you share more? Yeah. So again, legally, um, in, I think um, there, I think Utah might have be medically legal at this point the only state, I believe. Um, but if you can find, um, psilocybin, which is the active psychoactive ingredient in magic mushrooms, uh, taking microdose would be like one tenth of a gram consistently. You don't even really notice. You shouldn't notice anything really. It might be, it's sub, um, you're not going to, you're not going to start hallucinating. You're not going to start feeling weird. It's very, very small. And you do that over a period of, of two weeks. And then you take a couple of days off and then you could do it over a period of two weeks. And then you take a couple months off. At least that's how I have used it in the past. It's, it's, it's amazing. And what's amazing is now there's actually a lot of research. Um, John Hopkins university, there's the map society. There's a Tim Ferriss is a huge component of psilocybin and using it medicinally for these, these purposes. There's so much now research that actually shows what actually using that medicine can do to our minds. It's powerful. And I think that as we continue to progress, as the science continues to come out, it's going to become mainstream. I, 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 in the next two to five years, you're going to be able to use this as a medicine to help you get out of stress and, and get back into rest. Um, I'm looking forward to that because it's, it's, it's really been transformational in my own life. Yeah. I love how you described that, how it was retraining or reminding your mind and your body, what it feels like to relax. And I almost see it as like your body understanding that it's safe to relax and that you don't have to be in this state of stress in order to do what it is you want to do. And when we start to see examples of what's possible, then our mind, you know, gets convinced of it and it's easier to slow down, you know, naturally or put more intention on slowing down. 100%. And for those people that that sounds a little bit scary, that's you got to lean into that because it is scary. The breaking a pattern, a physical, uh, you know, addiction, if you will, is, is hard and it's painful and it's scary. Because it's unknown territory and your body might go, you know, no, like I don't, you know, I need this and this is how I, this is how I've been able to achieve and, and, and this is how I operate and this is how I'm able to do what I do. Those are all stories that I think need to be deconstructed. And while you're facilitating a, a, a process of dropping back into that relaxed state, another powerful tool is, is, is transformational breathing. And I know you had Aaron Erickson, um, on this podcast, I think maybe once or twice. 
And there's, there's types of breath work that can act like a reset to your entire system. And it's similar to, uh, you know, there's holotropic breathing, there's rebirthing. He calls it heart centered breathing. And every couple of months I'll do a session with him and it just clears out. It's almost like if your body's a battery, stress is like this stagnant energy and you do this type of breathing and it clears out, it like blows out the channels of all that stagnant energy. And people have like full on breakdowns in these workshops. It's like people are crying, they're screaming, they're shaking, they're, you know, you would think like somebody's having an exorcism and it's just through breathing. So, you know, across the world, there's a lot of practitioners that teach different styles of breath work like this, but I found it's probably the most powerful, impactful reset to a whole body that you could do for, for, for getting out of that stress state. Um, in my own experience and also in other people's experience that I've known who have done this type of breath work. Yeah. I mean, even me personally, I haven't done one of Eric's or um, Aaron's workshops yet, but when I even practice breathing for myself, oftentimes it creates a lot of emotional release, even just simple breathing and putting attention on my breath. So I can only imagine, you know, how powerful the workshops are. Oh, and it's, yeah, it's powerful. I mean, you got to yeah. really, you got to be ready to release and, and be open-minded because it is uncomfortable at some points when you're, you know, you're, you're releasing all of this essentially trauma that gets stuck in our bodies just through mm. breathing and your body. What's interesting about the type of breath work that he teaches at some point, it almost feels like you're not breathing. Your, your, your body is breathing you. That's how I would describe it. And at that point, it's like, it, it is, you kind of can have like a mystical experience. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, it's pretty powerful. So I really want to kind of cement this for people because I know there's a lot of people thinking about the examples you just gave and they all sound so powerful, but we go back to questioning, can I do that? Is it possible for me to reach my goals without stress? Can you kind of bring this home for us in the sense of what are, what are the, if we were to stay in this stress state, say addicted to cortisol, what are the repercussions of that, that, you know, would really help wake people up to understanding how important it is that they start to move and show up in a different way? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> where do I how start? How much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. Where do I start? Um, well, first and foremost, emotionally, you're going to be more joyful. You're going to be able to laugh more. You're going to be more li light, more compassionate, more present. So emotionally, that's going to yield a tremendous ROI in your relationships. I know it has in mind. Um, physically, you're going to be able to get and stay asleep. How about that? Get and stay asleep and wake up actually feeling refreshed versus feeling like a zombie and then willing yourself through the day. You're actually going to, your body knows how to sleep. It will, it will sleep when you allow it to do so, um, which then yields all these other benefits as far as healing and mental creativity and recovery. Um, you're not going to be so hungry. You're not going to be, you know, eating sugar or, you know, eating foods for, for like to, to not to numb out those stressed feelings. And we all have our, our ways of coping and, and, but when you're in a more relaxed state, you're more present to, okay, am I eating because I'm stressed or am I eating because I need rest and I'm stressed? And like you have a little bit of awareness and then you get to make the choice. 
Um, and sometimes maybe you do eat and then sometimes maybe you go do a breath practice or you check in with like, what's going on? Why are you feeling stressed? Um, but every aspect of your life, I feel like can drastically improve when first and foremost, you, we learn to slow down because that's really the art of, of what we're talking about here. It's, um, slowing down to speed up. And a lot of people talk about this, but it's like, unless you have the experience yourself, it's just so easy to disregard it. It's like, no, that's maybe that works for other people, but it's not going to work for me. I found it works. Um, I'm a living testimony to it. Like, you know, being okay with maybe going a little bit slower to reach your goals without sacrificing, like you can, you can move fast, but I think you sacrifice a lot. You sacrifice your health. You sacrifice, there's a lot of things you sacrifice presence. Um, and what happens to your health? Like if you stay addicted to cortisol for decades, what happens? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, you're going to burn out. You're, you're going to get sick. Your body is going to, at some point, your body is going to say, you can't do this anymore. And it, your body is going to start to talk to you. So you're going to start to either have digestive issues like IBS, Crohn's, colitis. You're going to have insomnia. Um, you might have heart problems. You might have, you know, depending on where you store stress in your body. And we all have different areas of where we store stress. Wherever you store stress, you're going to manifest a illness, a dis-ease. Like think about the word dis-ease. If we separate it, dis-ease. That's what happens. So adrenal burnout, adrenal fatigue, which then you, then you, you just get sick. I mean, honestly, that's what happens. So like when we push and push and push and we don't allow our bodies to slow down and we don't allow ourselves to get in that relaxation state, we, our bodies are eventually going to say, okay, you know what? You're not listening to me. I'm going to slow you down. You're going to get sick. And we do. And it's like, our bodies are that intelligent that they will regulate us when we don't regulate ourselves, which is amazing. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is because there's a lot of people listening who are like me where they need that wake up call. You know, what is actually going to happen if you don't pay attention to this? And for those of us who have big missions and we want to be able to show up and serve and achieve things like the thought of not being able to is much more painful than the thought of, okay, let me try meditation. Let me try and do things differently now, because I know that's going to give me the longevity that I'm looking for. Yeah. And that's it's one of, this is another huge mind. I'm so happy that you just shared that. Like, this is a huge mindset shift. I think that allows people to live a little bit more of a, of a rested life. It's the I'll rest when I'll rest when I hit multiple seven figures. I'll rest when I have this new car. I'll rest when whatever it is, fill in the blank. That statement is, is dangerous. It's very dangerous. And what I'm suggesting is if you choose to rest now, you'll actually be able to get the win um, in a lot more enjoyable way. It'll happen. Uh, and it'll happen with a lot more ease and grace and, and, and just flow versus resistance and, and sort of this hard charging thing. But like whenever I catch myself in my mind, I'll do something when I always stop and check in with, okay, is that really, what's really going on here? Is that really true? Like, I don't even know if when's going to be, if I'm hopefully God, God willing, I'll be, I'll be there for the when, but we don't know. So it's like, I'm not going to sacrifice. And this is something that I personally believe. It's like, I'm not going to, there's only so much I'm willing to sacrifice now to get a possible win. And I have my non-negotiable list of, of what that looks like. And I have boundaries and I draw them. 
Um, Can you give us some examples? Yeah. So um, for instance, in my schedule, like sometimes, and I'm, I'm not by any means, I'm, I'm a work in progress, but having like back to back to back meetings, like that's not okay. Like not having uh, some space in your, in your day to eat lunch, to decompress, to play, to do whatever you want to do. That's not work. That's not okay. That's a non-negotiable. Now, sometimes does that boundary across hundred percent, but most of the time it doesn't. Um, so that would be one rest, making sure that I have proper structure in place to make <laughs> to get good sleep. And that's a non-negotiable. Like I am, I'm not going to sacrifice my, my, my sleep food. I pay for really good, high quality food. That's a non-negotiable because that's fuels my body. Um, you know, those are some of my non-negotiables date night with my wife, non-negotiable. You know, I need that time to, to connect with her and to, to play and to enjoy each other. Um, So those are, those are some of mine. Might work for other people, might not. I think we all need a non-negotiable list, though. Um, yeah, those are just and a few. I like what you said about how when you started going down this path, especially with meditation, you were experimenting and you found out what worked for you. Because I do think everyone's different, and so I would challenge people listening to start experimenting and creating their own non-negotiable list and figure out what feels good and what works for you. And also get clear around like what is going to support you in making these big decisions and making these shifts. What is the thing that, you know, you're, you're excited by, or like I said, for me, if someone tells me, Hey, this is going to help you make more money, or this is going to help you, you know, live out your purpose, then I'm all about it. That's all I need to hear. Um, But I need to be able to attach to the ROI and see why I'm doing something and why it's powerful. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely, I mean, we're talking about change here. I think that's like the element of necessity of getting clear on why are we changing? Because change is uncomfortable, changes can be painful and, you know, it, it, and it takes energy and it can be hard when you feel like you don't have that energy to make the shift and the change. Yeah. Um, so yeah, connecting to the purpose, I think is, is super powerful for me. For me personally, it's my goal is to experience more freedom and less suffering every day. Mm, that's beautiful. That's, that's my goal. And so that trickles through my business that trickles through my relationships, my communication, everything I do, um, you know, is, is kind of filtered through, is this going to give me more freedom and less suffering? If it is cool, let's do it. If it's not, all right, let me hire someone else to do it (laughs) or, or, uh, you know, find a way to outsource this or systematize it or get it off my plate. Um, and so uh, that's, that's, that's sort of, my philosophy. That's awesome. And I know that you're doing a lot of firing yourself in your business right now in terms of not being in the roles that are causing you suffering or not your zone of genius. And I think that's so powerful to witness and to see. It's a great sort of benchmark to look at in our lives. You know, what is causing us that suffering that we can release? Yeah. Yeah. Right now, if anyone, I'm looking for a, a, an awesome sales enrollment coach. I'm just plugging it in right here. If anyone, <laughs> you know, wants to join an awesome team, I'm, I'm firing myself from that position. So, um, cause it's, it's causing me suffering. <laughs> so one other question I wanted to ask, and this might be the complete opposite of what we're trying to achieve here, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How long did it take for you to start to experience 
big shifts or a big transformation going from operating from a place of stress to slowing down, experiencing that freedom, being in your, you know, your new habits with meditation and all of those practices. I, I got to be honest, it was years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't like uh, over a couple of weeks. It's been years. <laughs> yeah. And but no, so, that's good to know because people yeah. I know are like, oh, this isn't working for me. But have you really given it the time that it takes to retrain your body and your mind? Yeah. And, and it's like, give yourself some slack too. Like there's been times where I've been really hard on myself about you know, not doing some of these things. Cause I've, yeah, I've heard people talk the way that I'm probably talking right now and sound that are older than me, that are wiser than me, that, uh, you know, have more of what I, what I'm working towards and on. And they say the same thing. And it's kind of, it's like, well, it's not my experience, but if you just can, can let go and trust and accept that doing these things that have been around for centuries that have really helped people be more present, suffer less, eventually those things will, will make an impact. Maybe not initially, but if you're consistent and you just stick with it and you trust and you can just allow that to be there, it's, it's amazing what can happen. Yeah. And I think for most of us, we're not trying the things that we know will work or that we've heard will work because we're scared. And anytime we operate from a place of fear, like that's not true freedom, that's not true joy. And so I think people have to get really clear about what is the desire here is your desire to, you know, work five hours a day and accomplish what you're currently doing in 10 hours a day, like that is possible for you, but you have to like something has to shift. And so we can't just keep doing the same thing over and over expecting to get that different result. I hear you. And, and my, um, my goal is four hours a day, four days a week on only okay. on things that bring me uh, joy. That's what I'm working towards. Amazing. Yeah. So final question we ask all of our guests here, what is one way people can create a life that's better than their dreams? Hmm. One way people can create a life better than their dreams is to slow down, slow down and really just check in with what right now is not bringing you joy. And then whatever answer comes up, make a change around it. I mean, it's so simple, but it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, And I know, you know, just to reiterate for all of us who are really driven and want to do big things, like your company has transformed and you've gotten even more successful, but you've slowed down. Like it's gone hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, I feel really grateful and blessed. And honestly, I didn't. I didn't know it was possible. <laughs> so, uh, but now I do. So it's, it's amazing. Um, and, awesome. but so it's like, sometimes you just have to borrow other people's, um, belief systems or, and like I borrowed other people that I know that have been able to be successful and also do it in a relaxed kind of joyful, peaceful way. Um, I borrowed their, their belief and yeah. that's possible because it wasn't, I didn't know if it was possible. Um, but now I do. And where can people find you online? Uh, Sleep Science Academy. If you have issues with your sleep, uh, devinburke.com, Devin Burke Wellness, all the social sites uh, share a bunch of stuff on mostly sleep. So, but sleep and stress go hand in hand. Thank you, Devin. I really appreciate this conversation. I appreciate having you as an example of what's possible in our lives. Oh, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me back on the show and and, uh, having me uh, in in Santa Barbara. That was a incredible time. I really feel grateful and blessed that I was able to spend time with you guys out there. It was awesome. Yeah, same. Thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I Heart My Life Show. That's hashtag I Heart My Life Show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.